You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. And the time came for her baby to be born. Timing is everything. I'm so glad that you're here this afternoon. My name is David. And for these next few moments, I want to explore with you this idea of the right time. Because what happened that day 2,000 years ago did not happen by chance. There was a plan and a purpose all along from our Heavenly Father. I want you to think about throughout the course of your life as you think about the timing moments. Timing is everything. If you're a person who is a morning person and you're married to someone who is not a morning person, like I am, do not try to have a deep conversation before the first cup of coffee or before 9 a.m. Timing is everything. And for me, you call me past 8 o'clock and I got nothing to say that's pleasant. So it's all about the timing. Think about driving. I mean, have you ever just missed an accident or you, you got somewhere and if you'd had a, just a, a fraction of a second different, things could have been so drastically different in your life. Timing is everything. It's the right time when you meet him or maybe it's the wrong time when you meet her. I don't know what it might be, but it's all about timing in relationships. It's all about timing when... Do I leave the job now or or do I hang on a bit longer? I left too late. I left too soon. It's all about timing. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm someone who pays really close attention to time. I'm one who wants to plan everything out. Do we have any planners in, in the house? Thank you. Yes. So for those of us who are like that, 2020 has been a little stretching. In fact, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was looking on social media and I saw a picture that absolutely made me laugh. And I thought, you know what? When we talk about this tonight and timing being everything, this sums up so much, especially if you're remotely concerned about time and being somewhere on time, this should make you laugh. Let's take a look at it together. The dumbest thing I ever purchased was a 2020 planner. Right? Who's feeling my pain there? Yeah? But you see, when we talk about this idea of time, God has got it all in his hands when it comes to time. And 2,000 years ago was no exception. Just a few weeks ago, I was reminded of Charles Dickens' writings in The Tale of Two Cities where he says, it was the best of times, It was the worst of times. This time last year, try to go back to Christmas Eve toward the end of December of 2019. People had no idea, or at least many people didn't, let me say it that way, not nearly the amount to do today, what Zoom was. We were gathering in large groups, much, much larger than this one, We were with our families and we were with our companies and we were planning perhaps very big Christmas parties a year ago. And 
we were on the cusp of beginning a brand new decade. People were talking constantly about 2020 vision. That was running rampant everywhere. And there was an anticipation in the air. Can you remember what that was like? For us here at Riverside, we were just a couple of weeks away from announcing Pastor Bill's graduation, code for retirement. We knew it would be a year of succession, a year of transition, a year of change, but little did we know that a worldwide pandemic would engulf us and send us into a tailspin at every level, physically, emotionally, financially for so many, spiritually for others. For some of us, educationally, this just sent us in a completely different direction. Personally and families and companies and schools and workplaces and leaders were faced into decisions at every level that would never please any, uh, everyone. Add on to that the tension of a year filled with racial injustice and social unrest and in general, just, just difficulty in our culture. And then, oh yeah, little thing that we call a presidential race and an election that would divide us and our nation at levels that we didn't even know was maybe even possible. Think about this. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. What I just described was a little bit like the best, like the worst of times, right? In fact, I couldn't help but notice I have a friend who every Christmas he seems to just go through and and post all these famous Christmas movie quotes. And as I was thinking about the worst of times and how difficult 2020 has been, I felt like Clark W. Griswold sums it up well in Christmas Vacation when he says to his wife, Ellen, in the middle of just the absolute worst holiday experience, he says this, worse? How could things get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. Can you feel that? It's been a little bit like that for so many. Where were those best of times that we were anticipating? What happened to them? Could it be that our Heavenly Father is longing to use this time, this year that we've been in, this season that we're currently in right now, in history, to reorient our thinking and our expectations as it relates to his kingdom and to his will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. We certainly think so. That's why we chose. And if you're new to the Riverside family, I'm so glad that you're here tonight. We're so honored to be able to spend this evening with you. And as a church, we chose a very specific theme this year. I felt like the Holy Spirit really put this in our hearts. We started back in September. The theme is Kingdom Come. That's our theme between now and next August. So that idea of kingdom, let me just remind you, is the reality of God's rule and his relationship. It's why we chose it, because we could see how difficult this season was going to be. And it's why this fall, we've invited you to focus in on the coming kingdom. And it's why this specific month, we've been encouraging you to embrace the king's best wishes for you. We don't want you to give in to the temptation, to allow all of this uncertainty to foster 
so much fear, so much worry, so much doubt, and so much isolation that it causes you to take your eyes off of Jesus. Because my friends, hear me, those of you that are here in this room and those of you that are watching online, hear me right now. Jesus wasn't surprised by what happened this year. And when things changed globally for humanity, God wasn't scratching his head. The enemy of your soul and mine will do whatever he can to derail, to distract, to distort, and to disrupt God's plans for us as a people and for you as individuals. But the truth is, and don't miss this, the truth is that on his best day, the enemy of our souls, the devil, is still completely and utterly subject to the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. It's the one that the prophet Isaiah described 700 years before Jesus would be born. Listen to these words and take comfort in them. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government, the government will be on his shoulders he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and of his peace, there will be, say it with me if you would, no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. There's our kingdom language. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. And then notice that, this, from that time on and forever. You see, timing to God is everything. And he chose when his son would be born into this world. And the zeal, he says, of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So today, we remember and celebrate the moment that the king, not a king, but the king was born. You remember what the angel said to Mary. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. That's the moment when he's promised. That's what's going to happen. And then we read it earlier in Luke 2. While they were there, this is Mary, this is Joseph, there is Bethlehem, they're there in Bethlehem. Notice this, the time came. For some people, perhaps in that way of thinking, it was the best of times. For others at that time, it was the worst of times. But for God, it was the right time. Irregardless of what was happening around the world, it was his timing. The right time came for the baby to be born. And here's the moment when the kingdom came and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. This idea permeated the letters that the Apostle Paul would write to the churches that were first trying to learn to follow Jesus after his life and death and resurrection. And here's how the Apostle Paul describes it with this idea of the idea that timing is everything. He says this in Romans chapter 5. You see, at just the right time, at just the appointed moment, you could translate it, while we were still powerless, that's you and that's me, powerless. While we were still unable, where we are still weak and helpless without strength, 
Christ died for the ungodly, for the wicked, for the profane. He died for me. And he died for you. And he did it willingly and at just the right time. Because timing for God is everything. Then he says to the church in Galatia, when the right time came, there it is again, God sent his son, and his son came willingly, I might add, to buy freedom for us so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts since you are his child. Let me just pause there and just say, if you're a follower of Jesus, then this statement is true of you. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, it can be true. God wants it to be true. I want it to be true for you. Look at what it says. Since you are his child, not the person next to you, not the person in front of you or behind you, not the person that you're sitting with online watching perhaps right now, since you, it's very, very personal. Since you are his child, God has made you his heir. You're a co-heir with your Savior. You're a co-heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. And all the rights and all the blessings and all the privileges as we are adopted into the family because of what happened at Christmas and because of what happened at the cross, we're adopted when we place our faith and our trust in this one who came at just the right time. So now, tonight, right now, is the right time to express our faith in Jesus, the one who brought the opportunity for us to have freedom, the one who bought our freedom so we could experience the forgiveness of sin and freedom from guilt and shame condemnation. It's the right time to lean into the presence of Emmanuel, the God who is with us. It's the right time for us to declare our need for and dependence upon the Holy Spirit, to work within us, to foster a love and a hope and a peace and a joy that are, quite frankly, unattainable on our own. When these things are true of us, when they're active within our lives, when we're thriving in the kingdom now, it doesn't matter whether, don't miss this, it doesn't matter whether it's the best of times or the worst of times. King Jesus is there with us. And he's there with us in the easy moments and in the difficult moments, and he still remains supreme over all. We are freed. We are freed by how the world defines the times. When we step into this relationship with Jesus, we can rest in the assurance that our Heavenly Father is working in ways that we can't possibly imagine or even fathom were they, be, were they to be revealed to us. When you read the Christmas story, from Matthew's gospel and Luke's account, you see that no one of any importance, so to speak, was aware of what happened that night in Bethlehem. Not the emperor, 
not the governor, not the military generals or the tax collectors or the chief tax collectors or even the religious leaders. But there was a special group of people who were fully aware that the kingdom had come and that God's will was being done. A poor woman and her husband, the unclean, if you will, shepherds. And let's not forget that the whole of hell was very much aware of what was happening. And nothing could stop the spread of what would eventually become the best of times. When the good news would eventually be proclaimed by John the baptizer and by Jesus himself, the kingdom of God has come. And so nothing that night could stop and thwart the timing of God. Nothing. Not Herod, not his soldiers, not the hard-hearted and blind religious leaders. No one and no thing could stop the good news because the right time had come. In a world that was dominated by corruption and a power over kind of rule. In a world where the value of human life was tremendously low. In fact, particularly the value of children and women. When the value was very, very low. Where in a world where injustice was commonplace, where wars and oppression and dominance were just constantly the norm. Jesus left the comfort and he left the glory and he left the majesty and he left the splendor and the riches of heaven to come to earth and be clothed with human flesh so that he could show the world just how much our creator loves us. Because when you get a hold of this and when you understand it fully, you realize that the cross and the cradle, the cradle and the cross go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. You gotta have them both together. Jesus came to give his life in his birth, through his life, in his death, and at his resurrection. All because God said, now is the time. And when the fulfillment of that time came, the kingdom came. And life, as they knew it then, and we know it today, would forever be different. So yes, yes, this year brings a much different experience for so many of us. It's been hard. It's been disappointing. Perhaps things will continue to be that way for a while. We can't see into the future, but we can rest assured that no matter what comes our way, we have the assurance as kingdom subjects, if you have stepped into that kingdom and placed your trust and your faith in Jesus, we are co-heirs. We have that assurance that we are co-heirs with an eternal destiny, with an eternity in Christ. So now is the right time for you and I to respond. Now is the right time for you and I to say, 
not just here this day to sing some Christmas carols and to unwrap some packages and to celebrate with others as all wonderful as that is, now is the right time to say, Jesus, thank you for coming and being born of a virgin. Thank you for coming and leaving the glory and the splendor of heaven so that I could put my trust in my faith, not in my own abilities, but in what you did for me, both at the cradle and at the cross. I can't do that for you, but I'm inviting you to trust Christ with your present now and your eternal future. And today, right now, is the right time. And it's the right time for us to pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for the perfect time that you offer us. Whether it's the best of times or the worst of times, we offer ourselves to you in these moments. Thank you for the promise that you want to adopt us into your family as your sons and your daughters and offer us freedom, freedom from guilt and shame, freedom from an eternity that's separated from you. Thank you for what the hope and love and peace and joy that Christmas offers us. Thank you for those things. And may we receive them now by faith. May we place our trust Jesus in you by faith. May we exchange our brokenness. May we exchange our powerlessness and our weakness. May we exchange that un worthiness and ungodliness for you, for your glory, for your splendor, for your healing, for your redemption, for your wholeness and your healing. Would you fill us with your spirit? And may we be aware that we've been in the presence of an almighty God who loves us and who brings us into your family and calls us your sons and your daughters free in you, Christ. It's in your name for your sake that we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.